Hey guys, welcome into Nerf Fantasy and Sports Podcast. This is your host, Vivek Iyer. And today we're going to be discussing numerous things in the NFL. Namely, the Kareem Hunt situation and him being signed by the Browns. We're not going to dwell too much on uh, his off-the-field antics. Like, obviously what he did was terrible. I've already talked about in uh, other episodes. And how we hope that... um, the young woman that Kareem Hunt hurt is okay. But today we're just going to focus on it from a fantasy sports perspective. Next, we're going to talk about Kyler Murray declaring for a draft and what it means for him, why it was a smart decision. So not really fantasy football related. Lastly, we're going to discuss the Antonio Brown trade from both a real NFL perspective and a fantasy sports perspective. We may also throw in a bit of dynasty advice too. And we just got this podcast out on Spotify, too, and hopefully it will come out on Stitcher very soon, so stay tuned for that. Alright, so first, let's discuss the Kareem Hunt and Nick Chubb situation. So Kareem Hunt signed a one-year contract worth 645k plus in game per game incentives with the Browns. And obviously, like this seems at first like a low contract, but then you consider what he did, and it is like, it, it, it is a very light punishment that is being handed to him like listen missing probably six to ten games uh, in exchange for what he did what he did was not just and even though it wasn't pursued by law um it's still like not right because there was video that surfaced but regardless of that we're going to discuss it from a fantasy perspective so what kareem hunt the trade or uh excuse me the signing means is that nick chubb's stock is going to fall and it's going to be overreacted to. People are going to start drafting him out of the first round into the late second round. And I think that if he misses, if Kareem Hunt misses 8 to 10 games, then that is a bargain for Nick Chubb. Since it's not like Nick Chubb is going to be taken out of the system uh, when Kareem Hunt comes back. It's probably going to be something like the Mark Ingram, Alvin Kamara situation. Where although Kareem Hunt's um, profile fits more of that of Alvin Kamara... I still think that Nick Chubb will get more carries um, by a decent amount because Nick Chubb's just incredibly talented. Last year, he had the highest NFL running back elusive rating, which means he uh, finds his way around tackles and is able to uh, like keep going uh, and avoid all the tackling. So Nick Chubb is incredibly talented running back who has the opportunity to break off a huge run every time he touches the ball. One game early when Chris Hyde was, uh, Carlos Hyde was playing, excuse me. Um, Nick Chubb had a game where he's, he touched the ball three times for 200 yards and multiple touchdowns, which just shows like he could break off one of those runs at any minute, and the defenses must game plan for that. So, Nick Chubb is probably going to be set for next season as. He's probably going to be drafted out of the top 10 running backs. I, I agree with that. I think that he's. Uh, like a fringe RB1 next season with uh, uh, Kareem Hunt serving around an eight-game suspension. I think that he will be a fringe RB1, uh, like RB13 or RB14, I'd project him. But he's likely going to drop down to like that RB16, RB15 spot, which I think uh, you could pick him up there and feel good about it. Now, let's look at Kareem Hunt for a quick second. And after this, we're going to discuss Baker Mayfield and the passing offense. So, if we look at Kareem Hunt, he is going to be overdrafted because there's going to be at least one person in your league that believes that 
Kareem Hunt is going to take over a starting job when he comes back. And they're probably going to draft him in the early double-digit rounds, maybe ninth round. And that's way too early. An expert ADP, I think he'll go around 14th round, 13th round, which is more of where he belongs. And that's just for upside when he comes back. And honestly, I probably won't draft him because personal belief, I don't want to draft players like that. Uh, similarly, like Tyree Kill. But uh, yeah, if if you do draft him, likely he's going to cost you more than he should because there's always going to be a couple of people believe in him and his talent. Obviously, incredibly talented player, just with off-the-field uh, issues. Alright, now let's discuss the uh, Browns' offense in general. So, start with Baker Mayfield. This move does not mean much, contrary to popular belief. It's probably going to drop his stock very little, not too much. But people believe that Baker Mayfield will be affected by this move. And the passing offense won't be as strong. But I feel as if that that isn't true. If you look back at last season, the running game wasn't used all that much. Uh, I believe it was 19 point something carries, which is pretty low considering um, how most teams use their running backs. And 19 carries per game, with Nick Chubb getting like 15 of them, I mean, that that isn't too, too many carries. And even if you throw in Kareem Hunt, Kareem Hunt is a pass catching back. So that's going to benefit Baker Mayfield. And uh, Nick Chubb will like the target, the um, touch distribution uh, based off of carries will probably remain at around the 20 mark, which isn't bad for the passing offense. And you're getting another weapon in Kareem Hunt. And it's just going to take the entire offense a step forward because Kareem Hunt, say what you want about him, his talent speaks for itself. And he can he has a nose for the red zone and is an incredibly talented pass catcher. All right, next we're going to discuss Kyler Murray. And Kyler Murray declaring for a draft. So if you guys don't know, uh, prior to this, prior to the last college football season, uh, the Oakland A's drafted him with their ninth overall pick in the first round um, and gave him, I believe, a $4.66 million signing bonus. So this contract, uh, it was rumored that Kyler Murray wanted to play one more year. So the A's uh, granted his wish and allowed him to play one year at Oklahoma, which... He boomed and became a Heisman. He became the Heisman winner. Became a NFL prospect who um, experts are considering to go in the first round, likely in the first 20, 15, 20 or fifteen picks. And then Kyler Murray has become kind of a star, a relatable star who isn't extremely tall, isn't extremely uh, s- strong. Uh, I think he stands at like five eight, five nine, although he's listed at like five eleven. So there's a lot of endorsement potential uh, with him. And in the MLB, like unless you are a Bryce Harper or a Mike Trout, you're not going to get nearly as much attention than uh, an NFL quarterback, even if it's like um, even if it's like a Ryan Tanner Hill, for example. Like even still, Tanner Hill is probably known as much as uh, Mike Trout across America, which is pretty sad. But, uh, I, I mean, additionally, it helps him with endorsements. Since when you're a relatable star, that wouldn't be as relatable, or wouldn't be as, like, 
uh, different in the MLB since MLB has some short players. Um, and it also doesn't allow you to be exposed to the spotlight all the time. Then football offers him a way to make a side income based off of his relatability and his stardom as an NFL quarterback. Secondly, it's smart from a financial perspective. If you go into the NFL draft as a first-round pick, you're going to be paid more money up front than you are if you play baseball. And in baseball, he had to forego his signing bonus minus around 24k. I think he gets to keep that. But even still, like the NFL uh, contract will more than cover that early term. Obviously, the injury risk is higher there, but um, based on the additional upfront money, it's still a smarter business decision because who knows what wh- how you're going to be playing five years from now, even in the MLB. And it's also good from a fame standpoint. Like, as I mentioned before, like Ryan Tannehill is probably known as much as a Mike Trout or a Manny Machado. And that means that you don't even have to be incredible in the NFL to have the spotlight on you. There is no developmental system currently, although uh, there's a new spring football league called the Alliance of Football, I believe, American Alliance. And they're trying to uh, do something with spring football and be a developmental league into the NFL. Uh, They have some previous NFL players, such as Christian Hackenberg. You may remember him. He's a quarterback who wasn't very good. And they had higher TV ratings than the Pacers and Oklahoma City game, or excuse me, the Oklahoma City game and the Rockets game um, a few days ago, which was considered a big victory for them. But who knows if that's just a a FOD or if it'll go away. But regardless of that, um, Kyler Murray is going to be more well-known in the NFL and uh, will not have to go into the MLB developmental system and likely play a couple of years um, in double A AA or triple A, even though the A's have said that they want him on their major league squad. It's probably going to be a longer learning curve, and uh, he hasn't hit baseballs in a very long time since he's been playing football uh, this past year, which would require a lot more practice to go back and fix that. The one knock on him, uh, not his talent, not his arm strength, not his uh, athletic uh, athleticism, is rather his height and he is standing at 5'8", five, 5'9", five, which will make it very difficult to see over offensive and defensive linemen uh, and avoid throwing picks, as well as you're just not as well um, able to avoid injury. Like, if you get injured, it's going to hurt more since there's less surface area for it to spread, and um, it's more of a delicate frame compared to a lot of other quarterbacks. For example, Ken Noon, who has um, a massive, like, he, he, he is extremely tall, and he is fairly strong compared to Kyler Murray. Another wrinkle to this is that um, Cliff Kingsbury, which is the Arizona Cardinals head coach, has already stated uh, before he got the job that if he had the number one pick, he would take Kyler Murray. Now, recently he has come out and said that that was before I became the NFL head coach of the Cardinals, and he is fully committed to Josh Rosen. Now, whether this is just to make him Josh Rosen's confidence come up or make his trade value come up, Kyler Murray likely won't go there. But there is one other good thing that's going for that. Kyler Murray signed with Cliff Kingsbury's agent. And although there's never been a combo of, um, I believe, quarterback and coach who have the same agent in the NFL, 
it is certainly something to consider when seeing where he will go in drafts. Uh, in the NFL draft, excuse me. Now, one uh, takeaway for fantasy here is that oftentimes uh, wide receivers with rookie quarterbacks do not thrive. Top wide rec- top 24 wide receivers, which would put you at the WR2 and up range, um, don't really appear with rookie quarterbacks, regardless of how good they are. Like, if we look at this year, uh, Jarvis Landry was not a uh, wide receiver one. He wasn't even close to a wide receiver one with Baker Mayfield, who is the best quarterback in this year's rookie class, who I believe is a runner-up to rookie of the year. Uh, Josh Allen definitely did not sustain a, a quarterback like the Bills or, or uh, like Zay Jones or Robert Foster. Uh, Sam Darnold definitely did not with Quincy Anunua and uh, Robbie Anderson. Josh Rosen, yeah, he's Josh Rosen. He kind of sinks that entire offense. And Larry Fitzgerald was not close either, or Christian Kirk. And then Lamar Jackson, we know, he just runs. So the wide receivers, if you have any wide receivers in uh, Baltimore Dynasty, except for John Brown, since John Brown is likely going to sign somewhere else in free agency, then try to trade those while you can. Uh, their value is very low, but I don't expect it to go any higher. There is some room for Willie Sneed to become more of an option because he is uh, more of a short turn, like a short throw threat. But I think that a pass catching running back would serve his purposes a lot better. Uh, which leads us into our third thing. Uh, since we're talking about Ravens, let's go into Steelers, same division. So the uh, Steelers, Antonio Brown has officially requested a trade. And this is really bad for the Steelers' entire offense. Now, a lot of people believe that, in fact, uh, Juju will be better without Antonio Brown, but I completely disagree. If you look at Juju Smith-Schuster, although he has WR1 talent as a wide receiver one for a real uh, football team, there is an issue with this. Because if Antonio Brown leaves... And Juju Smith-Schuster has been used to getting uh, single coverage all of his life. Man-to-man with their second-best corner. If Juju has to step into the role that Antonio Brown was filling, then Juju will definitely decline. And although he'll probably be overdrafted because of this, because people are going to say, oh, he is the WR1 for the high-powered Steelers offense. Now, I think it actually is detrimental to his fantasy outlook if Antonio Brown leaves. We also have to look at it from a perspective of Big Ben, since Ben Roethlisberger is getting older, and he is, right now, he is very close to his retiring age. However, uh, he has been greatly benefited by having Antonio Brown on his team, since he is one of the best wide receivers in the league. And with Antonio Brown, um, he was taking away that best quarterback, cornerback option and allowing uh, double teams to consistently be throwing at him, which allowed him to go to Juju Smith-Schuster and James Washington a whole lot more. So that is detrimental to both Juju, Big Ben, and finally, it may be to James Conner as well. Because although people argue that James Conner will get more touches, which is likely true, he'll probably get two or three more touches a game, uh, James Conner in a lower power Steelers offense will likely not be as good. And people are very down on James Conner right now. I've heard people saying that he is going to be a fringe RB1, which I disagree with on a very high level. I think that 
he is going to be a WR1, a part of the lower end, but most people are saying like RB14, RB15. Now, I think he's closer to RB9, RB10, which is um, where I think that James Conner belongs, and I think he's being slighted right now. So definitely a person I am going to target in drafts next year. And for Antonio Brown himself, Antonio Brown is not a young receiver. I believe he's 27 years old. Let me check that real quick. Now, he's... 30 years old, which, although receivers last a lot longer than running backs and such, that is still pretty old for a wide receiver. Now, Antonio Brown, not only because of that, but also because he's walking away from a pretty close ideal situation. Like, there's almost no better team that, uh, no better situation that fits him. Like, I guess you could argue that the Patriots would be a good situation, but as we saw this year with Tom Brady's decline, Maybe not so much. Like, he'd be a great piece there, but more so for playoffs and production over fantasy production. And thus, I think that Antonio Brown loses, Juju loses, basically the entire Steelers offense and team loses. And, yeah, it's unfortunate that the relationship between them has come to this, but we could expect it since Antonio Brown is a diva. Regardless of how uh, other people think about him, he is a diva. He... Uh, misses practices routinely and cares about himself more than others. But because of his talent, he has been kept around in the Steelers organization. But by new tensions have risen too much. And when Art Rooney said that Antonio Brown would be traded prior to training camp, he meant it. And Antonio Brown requested a trade. And I think that this relationship is over. Now we're going to quickly talk about uh, Josh Allen and Baker Mayfield. So in Dynasty, wide receivers... Rookie wide receivers, so first-year first wide receivers are not good. They're always overvalued. So DJ Metcalf is one of the examples of one who's going to be highly overdrafted next year. Uh, people tend to believe talent will always prevail. However, for a rookie wide receiver, uh, let's go to running backs first. So running backs, it's a lot easier to step in. Because you're not reliant on the quarterback. You're not reliant on a quarterback connection. All he needs to do is hand the ball off to you. And you need to have people block. So that's the offensive line. But for wide receivers, wide receivers depend on the quarterback throwing to them. As Antonio Brown's listed numerous times, he can't throw to himself. And uh, rookie wide receivers, they need time to develop a connection with their a quarterback, as we see with Aaron Rodgers. Aaron Rodgers still doesn't trust Marquez Valdez, Scantling, and Equinamia St. Brown nearly as much as he does Devonta Adams, Randall Cobb, and Geronimo Allison. And that's, that isn't just Aaron Rodgers. Obviously, Aaron Rodgers takes time to develop a connection, but most quarterbacks in the league do. And most wide receivers need to establish that in order to be successful. And rookie wide receivers, because of this, are not as good. In year three, I'd say most wide receivers make their leap and make their leap to being very good in Dynasty. So I think that rookie wide receivers, I stay away from in drafts because I don't like their trajectory in their first year. Now, Josh Allen and Baker Mayfield, obviously, they didn't sustain great wide receivers. You had the best one being Jarvis Landry. However, down the stretch, Josh Allen from, I believe, week 12 or week 13 was the number one fantasy quarterback. The Buffalo Bills quarterback was a number one fantasy quarterback. And that is helped by his rushing floor. He averaged, I believe, like 80 or 70 or 80 rushing yards per game, which, based on the um, incredibly like biased system of fantasy scoring, 
where you have 0 0.1 uh, points per rushing yard and uh, one point for every 25 passing yards, so one point for every 10 rushing yards. Um, it greatly skews it towards running quarterbacks. And Josh Allen also has his arm, which always can produce big gains, which means that Josh Allen, with his rushing floor, is a definite threat for next year. And most people are going to draft Baker Mayfield over Josh Allen, but I disagree. I feel like Josh Allen is going should be drafted over Baker Mayfield, not as a normal NFL quarterback. He isn't extremely good as an NFL quarterback, but for fantasy, he is incredible. And Josh Allen can definitely be considered as um, a fringe quarterback one for next season. Now, we also need to consider uh, receivers. So, Zay Jones and Robert Foster are the two primary targets for Josh Allen. And neither of whom has really been all that great. Robert Foster is a big play threat. And Zay Jones is kind of the target monster. But he hasn't caught many targets. Like, from an NFL uh, wide receiver perspective, since he has entered the league with Josh Allen. Now, I feel as if both of these players have uh, will be underdrafted next year, undervalued, and could end up booming next year. I like Zay Jones a lot more. And I think at Dynasty, if you can acquire Zay Jones, that would be something great to do. Alright, so that's it for this podcast, guys. And I hope you enjoyed... Uh, the content, it was all NFL today, and we also talked a bit about the M MLB, but that's in relationship to Kyle Murray. And if you guys like this podcast, please check out uh, my podcast on other platforms. We have it on uh, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, CastBox, Patreon, Spotify, and yeah, subscribe on all those platforms. Uh, tell a friend to tell a friend about the podcast, and yeah, that's it for this podcast, guys. All right, bye.